You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. When Nathan was up here, this has nothing to do with my message. I just sense the Holy Spirit. And when Nathan was up here and he was saying 1%, like there's 99% of things going on that are wrong, that are going on, that you feel like are encompassing you right now and you just feel so small. I began to think about how good the shepherd is, that he went after the one. And I began to think, I'm reading this book, it's called The Way of the Shepherd, and I'm learning about what the shepherd's really like. And in the story, the guy who is teaching this young man what shepherding's really all about, he said, you know, I go out there and I protect my sheep, and what do I do? I walk the fence line around the outside, and I take my foot where the sheep's trying to crawl under, or he's trying to hop over, and what I do is I take those divots and I push down to protect my sheep from leaving. And then I go up and I put some guardrail up or some fence up so they won't take off. And I heard the Lord so clearly and he said, I'm coming after you and I'm protecting you. And it may seem like 99% of the world is on top of you. And he said, I am protecting you because I am the true shepherd and you shall not want because I am with you all the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Ms. Risha. Well, my name is Faith Harrelson, and I'm so honored to have the opportunity. Pastor Mike spoke with me this week, and he said, Faith, I want you to preach, and I want you to continue to speak to how God is reintroducing us to who he is in whatever God's speaking through you. And I said, okay, well, there is something that God is speaking to me about. And last week, he was speaking about how God is reintroducing himself with his love to us. And he said something last week, um, who God is to you is who God is going to be through you. Who God is to you is who God is going to be through you. And he was speaking like, if God is love to you, then love is going to come out through you and how to serve others through love. And I began to think about this and I thought, wow, if people grew up not knowing who the father was and his love for him, for them, what would they think about God? If God is anger to you, if he's unfaithful to you, then that's what's going to come out of you. If God's shameful to you, then you might act out on people in a shameful way and cause shame to rise up in other people. If God has been kind to you, you're going to be kind unto other people. And the scripture that he spoke about last week was 1 John 4, 7. It says, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. And then it goes on to say in verse 11, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Isn't that good? then loving one another should be our way of life. So when I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, what is it, what is it that you, know, you want me to speak? He said, I want you to open your heart up to these people and show them what you're believing me for and how I'm reintroducing myself to you, Faith. 
I was like, ooh, that's kind of deep. Um, And I just really believe the Lord just wants to go for it today and encourage your heart. And I pray that you'll see my heart that God has shown me through scripture and just through some life experiences, how God is reintroducing himself today by building our faith for a miracle or for miracles. And I think over time, it can get hard for some of us if we haven't seen God's faithfulness. Have you ever been there before? Where you haven't seen what God promised to you come to pass, where you have been believing God for somebody's health for so long and they just haven't received their healing yet. That can be pretty discouraging. But I believe that God has asked me to share what's been on my heart and he has it on his heart for us to press in to what God is really wanting to show out through us. He wants to be the miracle worker in your life to use you to help others believe for miracles in their life, amen? And so maybe I was doing a study and it said, in fact, actually 80% of Americans believe in miracles. I thought that was pretty shocking. I thought, really? 80% of Americans believe in miracles. Now, it didn't ever say if they believe that God performed the miracle, but God has called us as believers to live a supernatural life. I mean, I couldn't do it without the power of God. I want to know that it's real. I want people to see a real, true, and living God, and I believe that we're going to see that by operating in some supernatural things. God's asked us, he's given us authority. It says it all over in the word that whatever is in the word of God is ours. And you might have thought, I've given a promise. I really, I really need freedom from my past and I haven't received it. Um, your son or your daughter to serve the Lord. I have two brothers that aren't serving the Lord and I've been asking God for over 20 years, like, Lord, shake them up, send laborers in their path. And I haven't seen my miracle yet, but I'm pressing in with you for your loved one. I'm pressing in today. Will you, will you just say yes to pressing in today? Let's just get our hearts ready. Everybody say yes. I lean in. I open my eyes. I open my mind, I open my ears to receive all that you have for me today. Lord, I trust you in Jesus' name, amen. And maybe you're watching online today. The same God, his presence is here just as much as it's in your living room. And we're excited that you came and joined with us today. And so there are a few things that I've shelved in my life, and here's a picture. I'm going to use this bookshelf. Hopefully it's helpful today for me. Um, my brothers that I love so dearly, uh, I go in seasons and waves of asking the Lord for their salvation, and then I'm like, oh, it's never going to happen. Have you ever felt that way before? It's never going to happen. And then um, I have this book series that I'll speak a little bit about later that this is not my book series, but this is a representation of what God showed me uh, almost 20 years ago. And I've been putting it on this shelf for a long time and I'll pull it out. 
you know, like a good book, you pull it out. I have a lot of books I read, and I read one chapter. I'm like, oh, that's really good, and then I shelve it, and I go to another one. And it's easy to hop around, you know, when you've got all these dreams and these things that God's spoken to you, and then you'll shelve it for a while. Have you ever done that before? Yeah. And then here's another picture of my sweet family and their kids. I want them serving the Lord too. And then something big that the Lord recently just has been stirring up in me is a natural pregnancy. And I'm going to speak on that in a little bit. So I'm opening myself up to you today to be completely transparent, to help you see that I'm on the journey with you. That just because I'm up here doesn't believe, doesn't mean that I have more faith in you. It really doesn't. Because the same spirit of God is in you and he's asking us all to go higher. Do you feel that? I just sense that so much by the Lord. He's saying, will you go higher with me? Will you let people see the miracles that I've got for you? Because I I need others to come alongside you on the journey. Because that's really what it's all about. It's God using us, in us, and out of us for people's faith to rise. So that we'll get more people saved for the kingdom of God. So that more people will come in and they'll get founded on the rock. And they'll begin to serve God. And it's like a wave. That's how we're going to see revival. That's how we're going to see it. That's how we're going to see salvation. People are going to see, I want to come to the Father's house because there's miracles going on there. I see the power of God. I see a move of his spirit here. And I want what you have. That's what I see happening at the Father's house. And then I got a whole bunch of other books that I want to write. But life gets busy. And then I shelve it all. But today what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through some miracles that Jesus performed I'm going to walk you through what the disciples encountered, and then I'm going to give you tools to help you with some things that the enemy tries to attack us with, and I'm going to help you, give you some word to help you press on through there. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we have lots of examples in the Bible of miracles that were performed by Jesus. First, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 5. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and open Luke 5, verse 5. If you have your phone, you can get there with me. I have a lot of scripture today, and I'm going to go pretty fast. But if you're taking notes, here is a miracle of Jesus. And I think we all know this miracle, but I read something really specific in this when I was studying it about the miracle. It says, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee, and there was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. They had just come back, and they hadn't caught a thing. And I love the the series, The Chosen. It makes it so real. They were so frustrated. They had been out all night. They were exhausted, up 24 hours. Everything, they tried everything for multiple days, actually. And it says, Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, let me use your boat, push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. And Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you'll have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again. 
and will let down our nets. Here's the part I want you to catch. Because of your word. Because of your word. And how I forgot to read you this scripture that I wanted to really start out by saying in Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so our faith begins to increase when we read and we hear the word of God. So he said, I want you to let down your nets because of the word. He begins to say the word, I'm speaking it forth, so now I want you to go out in faith and drop your net. And when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked. They were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nests were ready to burst. And I propose today that God has just been waiting for us to hear his word and to step out and do and believe for the miracle because he has even greater than just the one thing that you're believing God for. And it began to stir my heart up when I began to think about this because it wasn't that I had this grand idea all of a sudden. I was just sitting around thinking about it. And maybe you are right where I'm at and you said, I heard from the Lord of a promise that he's given me that I haven't seen come to pass yet. Maybe you're the other person that says, I'm questioning if that was God or if that was me. But if it lines up, with what his word says, I believe that it's the Lord. And he's urging you today to press in to say, will you hear what my word has to say about? And then we go over to another miracle that he performed. So we know it was because of his word. It sure wasn't because of what the fishermen saw. Because what did they see? They saw their nets and they were what? Empty. And I know in the natural... For 10 years, doctors have told my husband and I that we couldn't have a natural baby. Like, there wasn't even even 1% chance for us. And just recently, I was eight weeks, I thought I was eight weeks pregnant. And it began, I began to see it in the spirit realm. I began to see God saying, would you believe to release it out of your mouth, faith, to say that I could be the God of impossible? And I began to press into what his word said because she believed she received the fulfillment of the promise. Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth was barren. I'm getting ahead of myself right now, but I just really feel like the Lord's on this right now. Elizabeth was barren. Mary had a a supernatural encounter that she was pregnant all of a sudden. And my net looks super empty 10 years, and I believe we've been on a journey. It's been beautiful. But God's saying, will you row your boat a little bit? And I think what, what he meant by that, it says, go out a little bit. So they had to have faith. They had to at least step out and begin to row a little bit. Like God's wanting us to do our part by getting in the boat with him and beginning to speak the word, believe the word, speak the word, believe the word. 
and then he's ready to perform because you believe. Amen? Amen. It goes on. Um, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 9, verse 20, about the healed son. Mark 9. I'm going to start in verse 19. It says, Jesus said to the crowd, why? Actually, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to verse 14. It says, now, when they came down the mountain to the other nine disciples, they noticed a large crowd of people gathering around them. Do you see that? Large group of people, as I was saying before, this is just revelation that I'm getting right now as I'm speaking this, but how when miracles are performed, more people come. Remember what I was saying? Like, I believe that God, people are starting to see you, see God in you, see God to work in your life, and God is stirring us up to believe for more supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles follow them that believe so that more people will come to get saved, to get healthy, to get whole. So here they are, the large crowd of people gathered around them with the religious scholars arguing with them. The crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking toward them. So they immediately ran to welcome him. And he said, what are you arguing about with the religious scholars? He asked them. A man spoke up out of the crowd and he said, teacher, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus. Whenever the demon takes control of him and knocks him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and his body becomes stiff as a board, I brought him to your disciples hoping they would deliver him, but they were not strong enough. And Jesus said to the crowd, why are you such a faithless people? It kind of gives me hope because to know that the disciples even messed up, you know, like we, they, they were with Jesus. We're not even with Jesus. And here we are believing for miracles. They were with Jesus and they didn't even have enough faith to believe for it. So that gives me some, it reassures me that I don't have to be perfect, you know, like I mess up and sometimes I shelve things. It's okay if you've lost faith for things. God is wanting to reintroduce us though to build that faith for something that you've lost faith for. And even the disciples, they lost faith for it. Isn't that reassuring to you? It makes me feel like, Oh, thank God I can mess up too. That I don't have to be perfect. The disciples weren't even perfect and they were, they were with Jesus. He said, how much longer must I refrain, remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. So they brought him to Jesus and as soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions and he fell to the ground, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Jesus turned to the father and asked, how long has your son been tormented like this? He said, since childhood. It tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into fire or water. But please, if you're able to do anything, something, have compassion on us and help us. And here's what Jesus said. What do you mean if? Lord, if you're good, please pregnate me. Lord, if you're good, please get my brothers. Like, Lord, show them if you're good. He said, if 
If you are able to believe, here's the answer. If you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. All things, all things are possible to the believer. So he's teaching his disciples again. He's teaching everybody around him. And he's teaching us today. He's saying, all things are possible to the believer. And Jesus said to him, when he cried this out, the boy's father cried out in tears saying, I do believe, Lord, help my little faith. Say that with me. Help me, Lord, with my little faith. Yeah, so good. Help me with my little faith, Lord. And then we're gonna go to Luke chapter one, verse 28 through 30. Luke chapter one, verse 28. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the Lord and bewildered over what this may mean to her, but the angel reassured her, saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. And he will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king of his ancestor David's throne. And he will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. But how could this happen? I am still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. And that is why the child born to you will be holy and he will become the son of God. It goes on in verse 37, it says, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. So I want you to think about the things that you've shelved. They seem so big and you seem like the 1%. You seem like the one that's kind of gone astray and you're like, Lord, I've just forgotten about it. And God is right now stirring up your faith to believe again for the miracle, whatever it may be. And one miracle Being pregnant is the same as a miracle of a job to all of us. There's different, all different ways to believe for miracles. You might be believing for your family member to get saved. You might be believing for your mind to be renewed. That's a miracle of God that God would come and he would help and overtake your mind and overshadow you with his protection of your mind. That is a miracle of God that only God can do. So I want you to think it's not just something that's so big and so great. In the Bible, like, yes, we, they were cast out demons, and yes, people were healed, but God, Jesus did so many other miracles that were so simple by the power of God. So whatever it is that is in your heart to see God move on your situation, no miracle is too great, no miracle is too small for God to come in and overshadow you with his faithfulness. 
to be faithful to you, to be faithful to you, to prove to you of what he can do in and through you. In Jesus' name, I just speak that over your life, that God is asking us today to unshelve some things. But here's where the enemy was going to try to come in, and he's going to try to bring some fear of the unknown. So there's a few things that the enemy is going to try to do when you try to go up against what the enemy, like we have power over the enemy, right? But the, power, but the enemy tries to use other people sometimes to whisper into your ear little things, to say things that would contradict what the word of God says. And it's time that we say no to those things. And I began to think about this. I began to think about whenever I got the word from the Lord. I was at a Patricia King conference. It was about 20 years ago. I was such a baby in the Lord. I had never experienced hearing from the Lord. I would never experienced anything supernatural except on a mission trip where I saw somebody run who was on crutches. That was the biggest thing for me, but I had never truly heard from the Lord, and that's a miracle in itself. That, to me, is the biggest miracle that we'll ever teach our children is how to hear the voice of the Lord and for God to speak to them. That's a miracle. And if they know the voice of the Lord, then they'll know how to believe God for things, see him move in mighty ways. And when they hear him, they'll obey them and they'll serve the Lord. And so when I was at that conference, I thought it was all a bunch of cokey crazy things. People were doing some wild things and having wild encounters with the Lord. And I was just so like just there because my friends asked me to go. And in the middle of the night, it was about one o'clock in the morning. See, I'm a storyteller. I hope you all don't mind that I tell some stories, but it's helping you kind of understand a little bit more about me so that you can understand that we're all on the same journey together. And uh, it was one o'clock in the morning and I woke up and I had not been to college yet. I, I, I did not like writing in high school. I was in an AP class and I had people write my papers and I paid them to write my papers. I am not proud of that, but I did. I did not like writing. And all of a sudden in the middle of the night, I began writing this children's book series. It was the craziest encounter that I have ever had. One of the most craziest times for me. I began to see this, this kid's uh, series. It was called Quest Through the Kingdom, and God was taking me into Kingdom Land and Sweet Land and Wonderland and Treasure Land, and He was just showing me like all these cool things. And I wrote chapter after chapter after chapter. I was up all night long, and I just thought it was the coolest experience. And at that time, I didn't really know it was the Lord. I just thought I was just like having a great idea. And the next morning, we were in session, and Patricia King was up at the front, and she said. You, daughter, you've been up writing children's books all night. There was like 500 people in this place. I began to scream because it was just so wild to me that she called me out of nowhere. My body began to shake and I began to experience something supernatural. She said, I need you to come up here. I was like, oh crap, what is getting ready to happen? I don't even know what's going to happen. But I know this is like so God. It was just God all over me and God all in through me. And I didn't know what was about to happen, but I just said yes. 
Like, okay, I know this has to be Jesus because it cannot be anything else. And I went up and she began to prophesy over me that I would be a mother goose and that I would write all these books. And it just stirs me even as I say these things. And it was a word that was over my life 20 years ago. And time and time again, I let people whisper things like, or even the enemy whisper things like, oh, well, you're not a, a published author. You wouldn't have an audience because I've written a couple books and I've sold maybe a hundred of each book. And to me, it wasn't about what I've sold. It was about that I was obedient to the Lord. And the, But I have whispers of the enemy saying, you'll never become a published author. What makes you think that you're good enough to write this children's book series? It's so out there. No one's ever going to connect with it. See, I'm just like you. But you know what I've begun to do? I've begun to pull it off the shelf. And I begin to set it right here in front of me. And I begin to tell the devil, I'm going to do it regardless of what you think. I'm going to do it regardless of what anybody says. Because God, this is what you've told me to do. And I know that it's a miracle that I would even do that. And I even had a friend, this is so beautiful. This was back in 2019. He believed in me so much because he was there and he saw me have an encounter. And he said, that was God all over you. In 2009, he brought me children's bestsellers, the New York Times, and he wrote my books as um, the number one bookseller. And I've kept this. And what I'm, I'm showing you is that there are times where it feels like we've shelved them, but I haven't lost my faith in what God promised me. Because I, even though sometimes it gets shelved, I still pull it out. And I'm like, oh gosh, Lord, wouldn't this be cool? <laughs> right? Wouldn't this be cool? But he said, it would if you would believe for it. If you would ask me for it, if you would ask me for ways that I could show you how I could fill your net with fish, if you would get in the boat and begin to row again. What are you needing to put back in the boat with you and begin to row again? What have you been listening to, the fear of the unknown or what people have said it says in Luke 9, verse 50, Jairus had a 12-year-old daughter who was at the point of death. And it says, while Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any farther. See, there's the, that voice. There's no need to, to bother the master anymore. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. And when Jesus heard this, he said, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she'll live again. And Jesus approached the body, took the girl by the hand, and called out with a loud voice, my sleeping child, awake, rise up. You know what happened? Instantly, her spirit returned to her body and she stood up. It says in Psalms 23, 4, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest, darkest, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace and the comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. 
So the first thing that the enemy tries to do is he tries to create fear of the unknown and he tries to get voices to come or use other people to discourage you. Shut those voices off and tune in to the voice that is wanting you to listen to. Number two, something else that the enemy can try to throw at us or we can dwell on is disappointment. And it's a real feeling. It's a real feeling. I've had many times where I thought I was pregnant, lost children, and it was disappointing. And that's okay to have that feeling, but it's not okay to stay there. You know, your son or your daughter came home for a few weeks and then they're back out doing what they're doing again. My brothers began to ask me questions about the Lord and then they just started doing what they were doing again. Don't let the enemy use disappointment to take you backwards instead of God saying, come on, let's press through this. Let's press through the disappointment. And here's a scripture for you. Because even the disciples... Remember, it said that they lost hope. It says they walk with Jesus, but they even got hard hearts. So it says in Luke 9, 62, it says, Why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. Do not let past disappointments enable God from moving you into your future, into what God's called you to do. Amen. You can clap for God. Number three, hard hearts when we get into self-protection mode. When we're like, didn't happen, so I'm just moving on. Forget about it. <laughs> I mean, I've had that attitude before. Hardened hearts. You start putting walls up. I'm just not going to believe for that anymore. That's not God's will for me. It's never going to happen. God is saying, man, I just, I just want what's best for you. Will you allow me to come in and let me do the work? I'm going to sit right there for just a second. Maybe you've hardened your heart to the things of God. You've been that one sheep that's been keeps running. You just keep running. You've tried to dig the divots to run. The Lord just keeps revealing himself to you. And today he's asking you, will you just soften your heart again and let me do all that I want to do? You keep peeling back a layer. This is the Lord speaking through me. You keep peeling back that layer, but then you keep putting it up and you peel and you pull and you peel and you pull. And it's a wishy-washy thing. And God is just saying, give me all of you. Give me all of you. And that's what he wants to do. He wants all of us to give all that we are to him, to trust him, to do a miracle in our lives. It says, are your hearts still hard in Mark 8, 17? Fussing over bread, even though Jesus had performed the miracles. He had already fed the 5,000. He had fed the 4,000. And they were fussing over like, is, is he going to perform the miracle? Will he do it? How are we going to feed these people? And Jesus said, why are you fussing? I've already showed you I'm faithful. You can't stay in your shame, but have to truly keep your eyes and your hearts fixed on him. Ask the Lord where, here's something that you can do in that. So if you're that person that keeps pulling and peeling, ask the Lord where the hard places are in your heart that have crept in and ask him to fill it with understanding. And something else that we do is we isolate ourselves. Like I'm believing God and this time around when I thought I was pregnant, I just began to get all these people around me. I call them up. I'm like, I'm pregnant. 
for it. I just went for it because I didn't know if I was pregnant or not. But I, I knew I was, I was eight, almost eight weeks probably. So I just said, I need you to press in with me. And I got people around me that I knew believed God with me. And one, one of my friends said, remember Faith, eight years ago when I said that I saw you being naturally pregnant? I said, oh, I forgot about that. So God began to stir up in me. And December 21st, uh, the Lord told me, he said, I'm pregnating you. And you know, sometimes when God says he's pregnating with us, it means a spiritual pregnation, like we're believing a dream or something. But I said, Lord, is this what you have for me in 2022? He said, no, I'm physically pregnating you, Faith. I said, oh. <laughs> I laughed. I'm like, yeah, right. Um, three days later, my friend sends me this painting. And she said, Faith, I've had this. I got this at Bethel uh, two years ago, I've had it for two years, and just the other day, the Lord said to send it to you because it's time. It was three days after the Lord told me that. So it was like on the third day, he rose again and it became alive in me again. And even though it didn't happen this time, I'm not going to stay in disappointment. You know what it's caused me to do this time? It's caused me to dig my foot in and say, I'm locked I'm loaded, I'm gonna load myself with a word and I'm gonna push in and I'm gonna believe God for my miracle because he's promised it to me and he will be faithful to me. He is gonna be faithful to me, he's gonna be faithful to you. It's time, church, that we take things off the shelf and begin to trust him again with those things. And I'm gonna finish with this. It says, the worship team can come up. It says, the blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me no matter what happens in Luke 7, 23. And it also says that God would never make a promise that he wouldn't keep. He never would told you that. He never would have said that to your son or daughter. He never would have given you that promise. He never would have said that thing to you if it wasn't something that he was gonna keep for you, that he wasn't something that he was gonna do for you. And I read this this morning, and it's in Numbers twenty three nineteen. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, and not a God, a son of man that he should change his mind. God hasn't changed his mind, we might have changed our minds and shelved it, but today I'm asking you, will you change your mind? Will you take it off the shelf and begin to put it in front of you? And you may ask, Faith, how do I do that? Here's some practical things that you can do. You can write the vision. The Bible says write the vision and make it plain. Write it down in a journal and begin to read it every day. God, I thank you that I will not lose faith. I thank you, God, that your promises are yes and amen. I believe, God, you begin to thank him ahead of time because whatever you ask according to his will, it shall be yours. But you have to begin to thank him if your faith is there for it. Begin to trust him by thanking him. Thank you, God, that you're working all things out for my good because I'm called according to your purpose. Thank you, God, that you have a plan to prosper me and not to harm me, a plan to give me a hope and a future. I thank you, God, that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever that you worked miracles then and you can do miracles now. I thank you that my miracle is coming to pass in Jesus' name. 
So we can't, church, we cannot yield to fear. We cannot yield to disappointment. We cannot yield to hardening our hearts and we cannot yield to isolating ourselves. We cannot do it. We have to press in. We have to press in. And today, will you press in? The prayer team will come down. Not only can you make the vision plain, but you can get people around you that are like-minded, that can believe with you. I called my friend who sent me the painting and I said, I need you to come in agreement with me that God could do a miracle. You have something in your body going on, something, some sickness. Maybe the doctors have given you a bad report and you just don't know if it's possible for God to do a miracle in you. I'm saying that all things things are possible to him who believes. Say that with me. All things are possible to him who believes. God is rising your faith right now to tell you, not just because I have had a miracle in my life, somebody else has had a miracle in their life. God is not a respecter of persons. God is the same God to you that he's the same God to me. He's wanting to do the same works. He actually says that greater works do they do. Greater works. He's asked us to call us to do greater works. Man, I want God to reintroduce me to his greater works by seeing the supernatural come out and in and through me so that people can come to know him. I'm going to read one last scripture in Luke verse 10, chapter 10. This is the greatest miracle. You have miracles that you're believing God for, but the greatest miracle is this. Thank you, Jesus. He's stirring your heart. You don't need to leave right now, but just stay right here because we're going to see some miracles come to pass today. I believe it. It's time, church, that we start walking in this and believing for this and pressing into this. It says in Luke verse 10, verse eight, chapter 10, verse 18, it says, Jesus replied and he said, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I've imparted you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You'll trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. And you're in here and you've been running that sheep. It's not coincidence that Nathan said that. I didn't even think about this scripture until I got up here and God just keeps stirring it at me. That is it. That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That he has you in the palm of his hand and he's asking you stop peeling and pulling. Stop putting the hardness of your heart and just surrender it all to him today for salvation, for healing, for a miracle in your finances. You're believing God for just this, the, the job that you need. You need God to move. And you say, I keep shelving it, but I need to pull it back out today. I'm going to give you an opportunity. We have an amazing prayer team down here at the bottom of the altar right here. They are 